Welcome to EPMI Cast. I'm Alice Cadet, Marketing Manager at EPMI. Today, Mutu Raghunathan joins the EPMI Cast. Mutu is a Senior Director on Oracle EPM's product team based in Bangalore, India. We'll be discussing connected planning and go into depth about sales planning. Additionally, we'll be talking about who sales planning is geared towards, how they will benefit from the solution, integrations, and more. Please follow and rate EPMI Cast on your streaming platforms, and I'll have Nihar, EPMI CEO, and today's host kick things off. Welcome, Mutu, and uh, thanks for joining us for another EPMI Cast. Um, could you please uh, give us some background on yourself and your role at Oracle? Thanks, Neha. Thanks for having me here on this uh, very exciting uh, EPMI cast. Uh, I've watched this in the past. Uh, I'm Muthu Ranganathan. I work in Oracle product management in the EPM area. My focus has been mainly on the planning side of things and uh, looking forward to this discussion and um, uh, trying to understand what you guys uh, have for me here today. Excellent. Thank you so much for that. So, you know, when we initially talked about setting this up, we were thinking of, um, you know, the ideas around connected planning. And specifically, I think your focus is on the sales planning side. But before we get into that, you know, what is planning for most organizations? How do corporations and organizations think about planning? And where have you seen, you know, organizations start from the beginning of their maturity to as they mature into their planning processes? What does that process look like for most companies? Yeah, I've been in this uh, planning space uh, for about a couple of decades now. And one thing I've really noticed is that uh, planning has kind of evolved a lot. And um, it started from uh, kind of uh, an annual operating plan, which is driven uh, centrally by FP&A finance. And then it uh, gets into every um, department, but it's orchestrated centrally by finance. But what we are seeing uh, these days is that um, planning is not just that central uh, kind of theme coming in from finance, but it's also coming from sales and uh, IT, marketing. Each one does their own kind of uh, planning. And then all of that uh, really has a kind of have a connection to the financial plan. So think of it like um, uh, many of you probably know about ERP, uh, when the ERP process and transaction process, it all started with finance and uh, inventory. These were like uh, the couple of applications and then it kind of broadened to all the areas and it all got connected through a suite of transaction system. And that's what we're seeing here on the planning and forecasting side where different uh, line of businesses come together, each one has their own kind of planning at different levels. So like, for example, sales does planning on a weekly cadence, whereas finance does it on a monthly one. Uh, probably the projects are done uh, on a quarterly basis, the IT, IT groups, uh, which does projects and R&D teams and things like that. So it's kind of like different granularity, different levels at which you want to plan. Uh, but finance could kind of interface into it to know the financial impact of those plans. But that's where 
we see as the, the connected planning kind of process uh, coming through. And then this is uh, what Gartner uh, has been uh, talking about uh, in the recent couple of years as extended planning and analysis, where they are talking about how this planning function has got extended. And uh, we have been kind of ahead of the curve here, uh, looking at applications which are purpose-built for this different line of businesses and how all of that gets connected to finance. Okay, so that's interesting. So, you know, it seems as if most organizations will typically start with finance with things like the annual operating plan or the annual budget, and then it'll expand into other departments laterally within the organization, such as sales, operations, IT, marketing. Um, in terms of a connected planning strategy, how does that differ from a traditional financial plan strategy? And what are the different components involved and how do they integrate together? Right. Uh, when we talk about connected planning as a strategy, this is how we look at uh, and what we are seeing our customers, right? Think of it in a uh, kind of a three, uh, three uh, levels, right? One is you have this line of businesses, uh, different line of businesses. I just explained about it. Uh, you have finance, you have HR, and horizontally, it goes across the board, across your organization and uh, kind of have different plans uh, connected to each other in, in a seamless way. Uh, the other piece, uh, which is the management and the, uh, the operational leaders from uh, where the management uh, pushes down a top-down strategic plan. And then there is the bottom-up plan coming in from each line of businesses. And you have a kind of a touch point where the strategy is then um, looked at and then the execution of that is done on a bottom-up uh, side. Uh, so that is where uh, the whole strategic modeling as well as the, the bottom-up planning comes into play. Uh, so that's the, the second area. And then the third one is you need a lot of data. So data is kind of uh, really going uh, away. Like you have so much of data which you can use in your planning system, whether it's the financial data or the operational data. And that is where uh, we see that um, uh, the, the kind of taking the ERP data, the customer experience that CRM data or the HCM data, all of that again connects. Uh, so you're connecting the data and getting your plans in a more integrated fashion. So I just see it as these three things, uh, which is top down, bottom up, the across the line of businesses. And the third one uh, being um, uh, how you can connect to your source data, operational or financial data, and all of that can get you a great uh, connected planning uh, solution, right? So that's, that's the way I, I, I look at it. And most of our customers uh, started looking at that kind of uh, an approach uh, when, when they look at connected planning. Okay, that makes sense. So then from uh, an existing or a current state perspective, um, do most organizations already have a solution that they're using? Or you know, in finance, we typically see customers that don't have a solution are operating on Excel or some type of manual process. What is it like for sales planning? What's the current state there? So uh, sales planning and some of these uh, line of business applications or planning, uh, it's obviously 
it's been all out with Excel. Like most companies start off uh, with Excel uh, as the way to model their plans. But then uh, they get into, they want to automate this whole process. And that is where um, back in the days, financial planning and budgeting process was all done in Excel. And that, that got automated and uh, a lot of uh, kind of orchestration happened using uh, purpose-built solutions for that, like Hyperion was one of that, right? Uh, but on the sales side, um, there are lot, like tools, Excel, and then there are tools out there in the market. Uh, there are uh, players like Anaplan or Exactly and a few others who have been in the operational and sales planning area. And Oracle also has been really investing in this area where uh, we are trying to automate those processes, uh, which is going beyond the financial uh, application. And that is one of that is sales planning. The other one is the strategic workforce planning. We've got IT financial management, uh, as well as marketing uh, campaigns and a bunch of uh, uh, purpose-built line of business applications which can then uh, all be used by this independent uh, line of businesses, but it all gets connected finally to, the, to your overall financial plan. Okay. So one of the things that we, um, you know, traditionally have to determine in a, an FP&A project is, you know, let's talk about sales planning or revenue planning. You know, at what point do the drivers that we're looking to, leverage come from finance or from CRM system or from the sales team? Is sales planning geared towards finance organizations or to sales organizations or both? And how do they split their responsibilities? That's an interesting question. It's still like a kind of finances involved. Obviously, finance uh, looks at the uh, top line, right? Like the revenue numbers. They do plan it out in detail. They work with the the sales uh, groups and things like that to get to a, an overall sales target and uh, revenue projections. But they don't do it uh, at a very detailed level, right? They are looking at it holistically by market product lines. And that's what we have seen traditionally in the financial uh, planning world where they do a bit of uh, volume and sales planning and and, uh, and the revenue planning. Whereas uh, the um, the things which are sales planning oriented is typically done in an organization, especially in a B2B company, it is done by a sales operations team. Uh, They're called like they're the back office of uh, the sales management teams. Uh, There are a lot of uh, VP of sales ops uh, and and his or her team, which manage this uh, sales planning process. And typically what they do is a go-to-market planning, like uh, planning for what are the kind of territories which needs to be there for the next year to satisfy uh, the sales target set by the management. And then look at how um, how are your uh, salespeople structured? Like are they uh, selling by uh, specific segments? Like are they going and selling by uh, buyers? Like for example, Oracle sells it by buyer, right? We go sell our uh, products uh, to um, uh, to HCM, to the HR buyer, uh, the CFO solutions to the finance buyer, so on and so forth. And like that, like you could segment your sales teams by buyer or by the size of the organization. Uh, like you, you could look at like large companies, you will have a set of uh, 
salespeople going and uh, targeting them and uh, the other way. So the segmentation model, the go-to-market segmentation model, and then how do you go and set your sales quotas for each of these salespeople, uh, the teams, and then right up to the sales manager and the rep level, what would be the quota or the sales target they will be achieving in the next year, right? So that's the, and, and then the compensation associated to that. So that whole modeling construct is where the sales uh, team and the sales planning uh, gets involved. And that's typically the, the users there is the sales operations and the sales management team. Now, uh, kind of uh, looking at a different type of industry, like uh, look at a consumer-oriented industry uh, where you're looking at like uh, uh, Unilever or any of these uh, Procter & Gamble kind of companies, consumer product companies or consumer uh, automotive and all that. So they have a different type of sales uh, uh, teams. They go and sell through their uh, retailers and their dealers. And so they have to plan it slightly different at a more granular level. And in this industry, there is a lot of money spent on trade promotions. So you do a lot of promotions to make sure that your sales uh, volumes uh, get increased. Uh, many of the these companies, CPG companies do uh, like about 20% of their revenue spent on promotions. So uh, how does the sales and the promotion interlink? How does marketing uh, spend link, interlink with sales? So, uh, so the sales planning really goes into that uh, a piece of how you could plan your numbers in more detail uh, for different use cases. And then it kind of connects to the overall revenue targets and the plan set by the finance team. So that's where the sales planning application comes into play where uh, within Oracle, we have all these uh, kind of use cases uh, solved with our uh, sales planning uh, cloud product. So I know a lot of customers already love using Hyperion and SmartView and are used to that multidimensional database that we all know and love. Is sales planning built on a similar platform or do customers have to learn a new product in order to take advantage of it? That's a great question. <laughs> Absolutely, it is built on the same EPM planning platform. Uh, what we have done there is while we use that platform, the lingo, the, the kind of language we use is we've tried to make it very sales, uh, sales oriented, right? For example, we used to call entity and uh, entity dimension and accounts dimension in, in the financial planning world. And it totally uh, is something nobody understands entity in sales, right? Sales, uh, they talk about territories and geographies and those kind of things, primarily territories. And then when they talk about accounts, for them, accounts is customers, right? So it's not like uh, accounts. So they, they generally like to call them uh, that as measures and things like that. So we try to change the lingo and the uh, what, what sales planning audience and the sales users would need. But we typically, we are using the same platform, the same EPM platform with 
the web interface, as well as smart view, as well as predictive planning and uh, IPM insights and all these capabilities which are there in the platform is all built into sales planning. But the application itself, uh, which is where we differentiate against uh, uh, kind of uh, uh, other, other uh, tools in the market, which is all scratch uh, to build, where uh, people build it from scratch. Whereas here we have some purpose-built applications and modules which are pre pre-delivered as part of that application. Okay, can you talk a little bit more about the pre-delivered functionality? What if I'm if I'm looking to embark on a sales planning uh, project? Um, what kind of effort do I have to put in versus what is delivered out of the box? Yeah, so uh, we've got uh, three modules in sales planning. One is called the quota planning module. Quota planning, as I mentioned in the earlier, uh, when I was ex explaining about sales planning, quota planning basically goes and sets your quota for each of your territories and uh, down up to the sales rep level, right? It is a top-down process. Uh, and this is something we have seen that uh, like customers like ADP, uh, for example, they've just picked up our out of the box functionality and uh, just tweaked it a little more uh, to suit their needs. But pretty much they have taken our out of the box functionality and, and taken it uh, for, for their purposes. The second module we've got is um, what we call as uh, sales forecasting module. Sales forecasting focuses on the collaborative uh, forecasting uh, process, which all the salespeople do. There's a lot of sales get on weekly sales calls and then they uh, play with Excel spreadsheets. And finally they come up with a forecast, which goes up the hierarchy. Uh, the source, uh, some of the source data could be the CRM data, but uh, generally CRMs are not updated with all the pipeline information. So the forecast could be, uh, slightly different from what the P, uh, the CRM's uh, system is reflecting. So that automation of that forecasting process by product lines, by uh, different geographies and things like that is the second module. And that is where some customers in the semiconductor business like InventSense went for that kind of an application that goes beyond, uh, they still, they're using our EPM planning for financial planning but still they saw value in this module. Uh, and so instead of building it from scratch, they went and uh, took the sales planning and then implemented it. And, and obviously they made some additional configurations. Nothing is like 100% fit, but they, they were able to take that, that module and, and do it. And then the third application we recently launched a year back is what we call a ski account planning, or uh, in other words, sales and promotion planning very much geared toward consumer product companies. Uh, so we are working with some, some large consumer product companies, uh, both in North America and in uh, Europe, who are basically uh, taking this uh, to their uh, uh, big retailers, like the key accounts, like Walmarts of the world, and by product line and by uh, different territories, they would like to plan their numbers uh, figure out what are the promotions and how the promotions impact that. And it's pre-built, a lot of functionality is pre-built, very intricate calculations are built in uh, for promotion uh, and how the promotion, uh, promoted period and non-promoted period volumes are determined and very, very uh, important KPIs are all uh, calculated out of the box. 
So somebody could just take that and then just use it uh, for, for their uh, planning purposes. So these are like the three modules. Obviously, there are other use cases. You could go and model on top of that uh, as well. Uh, but these are like the out-of-the-box functionality which are there uh, right now in sales planning. Okay, great. Um, you know, are there, you know, you mentioned that it's built on the same EPM platform we were used to using today. Are there any kind of innovations that have, um, you know, been included with um, the sales planning platform, just like they are with the traditional EPM platform? I know we talked last time about artificial intelligence and machine learning and even EPM insights, which is a new feature that you guys released. Can you talk a little bit about how that's used with sales planning? See, insights and uh, machine learning uh, is a very, very important criteria for, especially for sales, because there's a lot of data and the most difficult thing to forecast is sales. Obviously, everybody knows that, like revenue and for, uh, sales is the, the hardest thing to forecast. And it has so much of variation by each company and industry, right? So uh, machine learning uh, uh, and the IPM, what we call as intelligent performance management, uh, is our uh, kind of answer to that uh, machine learning uh, capability, where uh, we are uh, we introduced that within sales planning as well as as we introduced it in EPM planning. We've also introduced this in uh, uh, in sales planning, and uh, it could really help you get a what we call as a multivariate prediction. So let me explain to you single variate and multivariate prediction. So the current predictive planning, which was there in the past was statistical forecasting based on statistical algorithms. And it is univariate in the sense, I will be forecasting my sales number based on my past sales, just my same past sales of the same product and the same territory, I will do a univariate prediction. The multivariate prediction, what it does is it goes and looks up for more drivers, more uh, input uh, data, and the ML model can be constructed based on those different variables. Like, for example, it could be price, it could be the industry volumes, what is the industry doing? Uh, it could be even factors like uh, the GDP of that area, that country, uh, and uh, could, uh, for example, in beverages business, uh, the whole climate uh, data could be uh, a driver. All of this could be brought in, the data for that could be brought in, and then you could simulate and figure out if the, those multiple vari variables can uh, bring out your, your volume pr projections. Now, the interesting thing is like, you, you probably are wondering, oh, these things I could do in, uh, in EPM or sales planning uh, with, with my calc rules and calculation engine. Absolutely, you can do that. But the thing is that it is, uh, it is a programmed way uh, of how people will uh, look at these drivers, come out with a formula and then come out with the results, right? Whereas machine learning, the, the, uh, the advantage of machine learning is that it really looks at what factors are contributing to the results. What is the uh, important uh, uh, correlation between this uh, data and the result volume target you're, you're looking for? And that is where you don't have to program it, but using the data which is available, it really goes and detects and comes out with the prediction. These are like some, we are very excited. These are some, some 
amazing kind of uh, innovations we are bringing into our platform, into our EPM platform, as well as to sales planning. It's going to be very useful in the next few years for our customers. Wow, that's really exciting. Um, one of the things that, you know, we, we think about whenever we talk about these, you know, new innovations is, you know, at what point can we remove the human bias from a forecast? Is that even possible? <laughs> yeah, so here's the thing, like we've got this insights, right, which we have as a, a forecast uh, bias insight, which we try to uh, uh, plug in there. Uh, obviously, it will go and detect uh, uh, the bias which existed based on your historical forecasts and actuals. So if somebody is always uh, padding up and trying to uh, have an, a higher budget, whereas his actuals being lower, uh, that is something uh, which it can uh, really recognize because it, it uh, recognized the trends uh, with the data in which cannot be uh, easily uh, taken by the human eye, right? You can't be doing every uh, intersection of the data to go find out what, what are those biases which exist. But definitely it could uh, bring up some of the exceptions uh, very quickly. And uh, while our objective is not to uh, just find out these bias, but to really uh, for the forecasters and the planners to look at that the pattern and then make sure in the future they are uh, going to go and do a better job at forecasting the numbers and uh, based on uh, what, what uh, the past trends have been there. Yeah. Great. So <laughs> sounds like that we're not there yet 100%, but definitely working towards that. And, you know, it seems like there's always going to be some element of, of human collaboration needed. Um, no, no, absolutely. Like, uh, see, uh, humans, uh, the, the thing about machine learning is like, uh, uh, it's like, think of like a Tesla car, right? Like you're, you're, it can operate, but sometimes sometimes a human intervention is required for you to make sure that you're going not going and bumping into it. Uh, so think of it like if you're going to drive a Tesla car in India, obviously it's not going to work out because of the traffic and stuff like that. So it's like that, like you need to have a, a, the machine give you a, a kind of a data point but the human judgment prevails there, right? So the human can uh, look at that as a data point and then make a call whether they should go with that numbers or they should override that and, and go with uh, an adjustment. And then they can go back and relook at whether what they judged was better or what the machine judged were, was it better, right? So that kind of a thing they could they go and analyze that later. Exactly, it's like in a plane, autopilot can't predict the weather yet, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. Excellent. So, um, you know, what are some of the top reasons for moving to sales planning and what have some customers told you or what have you seen customers achieve based on that? What are the benefits of it? So the primary benefit uh, for, for, uh, for customers is uh, like, see the value which they get uh, out of sales planning. The first uh, immediate value is automation, obviously. You automate all of this forecast in one place so everyone gets a single version of the truth. Uh, whether uh, So mostly people have been doing it uh, in across the in territories in Excel and the automation is uh, an immediate benefit they can get out of that. 
and and uh, speed of getting uh, the reports and the analysis done uh, the the bigger one which uh, people really look forward and customers are uh, yet we've not got any clear data point there but is on the accuracy the forecast accuracy right how especially for sales the the most important metric is is my accuracy of my forecast is it getting better and better uh, right uh, is the system helping me so that i can rate be ready for my let's say if i'm a manufacturing company uh, if I, do my supply chain support that sales uh, forecast right if i accurately uh, predict and get better numbers then the, i can support it with the appropriate um, supply chain uh, stuff so uh, so like that's a very important uh, key uh, roi customers are looking at and that's where we talk about the promotion planning uh, piece i i talked about uh, people want to know what is the impact of the promotion on the sales right what is the roi uh, uh, on the promotion and uh, whether uh, and then they can go back and look at whether uh, they are whatever they are saying that if i run this promotion i'm going to get incremental uplift what they call as uplift volumes is that matching uh, when when the actuals happen right and then they can go and constantly improve and figure out what are the actions they need to take uh, to improve and make sure the the effectiveness of the promotion because i spend a lot of money on that piece so there are these kind of things where customers are looking for obviously the basic benefit is the automation but the value add is more on this roi uh, and the forecast accuracy factor yeah i can already kind of piece together in my mind some some different ideas around how the demand for materials will affect will be affected by you know the type of sales plans we create as well as the financial plans and you know expenses derived off that revenue plan so there's definitely a whole lot of um, you know, available uh, a room for growth in, in connecting all these processes. Well, um, Butu, um, I wanted to thank you for the conversation today. Um, is there anything else you'd like to mention? No, you guys have been a great partner and I've been enjoying uh, working with you guys. Uh, uh, and uh, we've been uh, seeing some great, one of, the, uh, one of the things I really love is that you guys are making sure every customer is successful. And that's something uh, we, we really cherish because uh, that's the, the goal of these cloud applications, very customer centric, customer first approach. And we see that EPMI never lets down any customer and make sure every customer is successful. And that's the, the greatest mantra and the greatest thing I, I really enjoy working with you guys. Well, we definitely appreciate the hard work you and the team are doing at Oracle and giving us a place to go to work every day. So thank you. And um, we'll see everybody next time. <laughs>